Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 6. But one in a certain place testified saying, this was David who said, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? You made him a little lower, he says, than the angels. You crown him with glory and honor. Say, I'm crowned with glory and honor. Yeah. And the Bible says, you set him over the works of your hands. The Bible says, God crowned you with glory and honor. And then, he set you over everything he made. Praise God. You are in charge. Let me tell you, there's no other creation in the world. There's no other creature be in the world that God has ever given custody over a realm. That only happened with the man. And that is a great privilege. The Bible says he put you in charge of everything he made, he created. Praise the Lord. Amen. And verse 8 says, You have put all things in subjection under his feet. You have arranged everything. So, it's not a thing that just happens to the man as in a form of accident or stumbling. It is a preconceived mind of God to arrange everything and put them under the man. That means everything in this world understands its position that it has towards your life. Praise God. Because God arranged them like that. He made sure that whatever he made in this world, it knows, it carries the mind where it belongs. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything he made, everything, the powers in this world, the wealth in this world, anything you can imagine, the beasts of the field, the waters in this world. Anything you can imagine that God could make, the Bible says, he put it under your subjection. He arranged it there. This is what, what it meant. You see, arranging it means he said, this is where the money has to be. It can't be above him. I have to put the money here. And then I need to put the water here. I need to put power here. I need to put influence here. He made sure he arranged them. They're not out of order. No, they have a position. And that position is arranged rightly under your feet. Rightly under your feet. And the Bible says, for in that he put all in subjection, all in subjection, all in subjection, the definition of all is everything with the exception of nothing, in that he put everything in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. That means there's nothing in this world that is not under you. Nothing in this world. It doesn't matter how big it looks like. He says there's nothing in this world that is did not put under you. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how scaring it is. There is nothing in this world he didn't put under you. Praise God. That is your position. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how it looks like. You see, that was the attitude of David. That was what was in the mind of David. When this guy comes to meet Goliath, a little small boy, <laughs> and before this giant of Gath, the Bible calls him, very mighty. Listen, the Bible says none in the army of Israel could dare take the thought 
out an advantage of coming against him. And this little boy, <laughs> because he knew he was a man of a covenant, he had testimony with God. He had fought beasts. Do you understand me? He had a record with God. He knew. He was not trying him. He knew. He had tried. He had tested and proved him. He knew. You see, I love him. Like our father was saying yesterday, he went to the end of the conversation. He said, what shall be given to the man that defeats this guy? You know, he went to the end. He knew he would defeat. That was his question. What shall be given? Praise God. And he gets to that battlefield. <laughs> Goliath is girdled, you know, in his armor. Looking very scary. This little boy with just a sling and stones. Hallelujah. And then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. And with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. Whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I will smite thee. And take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses. Of the host of the Philistines. Not one man. There's the Philistines. This day unto the fowls of the air. You see. David saw. <laughs> at the ends. Of the battle, he saw victory over the nation of the Philistines. Not just Goliath. This is a man coming from the end of things. Hallelujah. And says that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Uh -huh, 47. It says, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord serveth not with sword and spear. Ah, uh ah. -uh. You don't need money to go through. Yes, it is important. It's good to have the money. But the Bible says it failed in the land of Egypt. Okay. Let's go back. And it says, For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. <laughs> and it came to pass when the Philistine arose. He says, the guy now arose and he began to press towards David. He says, and came and drew night to meet David. The Bible says, David hasted. You see, David was not doing like this. Uh-uh. The Bible says, he charged. <laughs> he came. He came. <laughs> Listen, this guy was positioned. He knew his position in God. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. You see, the scriptures are written for our learning, the Bible says. And examples in scripture are given for us to understand pattern and the working of God. Everything recorded in scripture behind the spirit of that scripture there's a revelation to reveal to men the pattern of the spirit. How he functions and works. And from the beginning of the scripture it has been clearly expressly given to us to understand that the battle has never been to the strong man. Uh-uh. He says, you come against me with spear and sword, right? He said, but you see, this battle <laughs> is not mine. This is the Lord's. Praise God. That's how I know you're going to win. You think you're the one fighting the cancer? You think you're the one fighting that disease in your body? No. It is his. Hallelujah. Listen, you are his creation. The Bible says you are the planting of the Lord. And because you are the planting, he's the husband man. That means he has to take care of his planting. Because you are the planting. 
of the Lord. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. So the Bible says he put all things in subjection. All. All. That's the mind. All things. All things in subjection. Oh my God. <laughs> what you are fearing was put under your subjection. Under your subjection, the Bible says. It says he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not. The Bible says now we see not. All things are put under the subjection of the man. But now, but now we see not. Yet all things put under him. That means there are some men. Yeah, As much as God has put all things under the subjection of man. There are some men who seem to have victories in certain areas and that they look as if they are dismayed and defeated in certain areas. But he says that is not the testimony of the child of God. You have money but you are struggling with a disease. You have money, no disease, but your family is struggling. Praise God. That is on the testimony of peace. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That is not that testimony. You see, it says it doesn't seem like all things were put under this guy's subjection. What is the problem? Because I want you to know that it doesn't matter whether things seem different for you. It doesn't matter if this reality is a bit oblivious to you. In reality, it does not change its truth and stand in the realm of the spirit. When God looks at you, he can never look at a defeated man. He doesn't know how to look like that. The Bible says his eyes, he will not permit his righteous to see corruption. God does not know how to see corruption. He can't look at you and look at a defeated guy. He doesn't. He can't look at you and look at a defeated man. Uh -uh. He can't look at you and look at a struggling woman. He doesn't know how to look at you that way. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. So you have a certain position that you have. You see, he positioned you a certain way in the spirit. And that should translate and manifest in the physical world. But it's not a reality for many. It's not a reality for many. And this is what I believe is the reason. Because from the beginning, what the devil has always used against man is the ignorance of the man. Let me tell you, the ignorance of the man is the weapon of the devil against the man. Besides that, he has no power. Besides that, he has no power. The devil can be as strong as he can be in your life to the degree you are not illuminated in a certain area of your life. If you have the perfect understanding of the design of God concerning your family and your finances, the devil could try, but he can never defeat you. He could try, but he can never defeat you. And so, from the beginning, from the beginning, we see how he comes in to corrupt the man. From the beginning, when man is put in the garden and the Bible tells us that he comes to Eve and he deceives her. That has always been his weapon. He deceives her. Now, the deception of the devil was to change, to corrupt the image, the vision of the image of this man. Alright? You see, God created man with a particular image and likeness. And so when the devil came, what he wanted to do was to corrupt the image of that man, the vision of the image of that man that God had given him. And so he says, did God tell you not to eat this thing? Because if he says, if you eat it, you shall be like him. But from before we know that God had already made man to look like. To mirror him, to echo him. You understand me? So, he deceives the woman, alright? And the woman, through the deception, she disobeys God. Alright? And that's how men fall. Because you are deceived. 
and through deception you disobey and by disobedience you subject yourself that's what the bible says if you observe lying vanities you forsake you forsake your own mercy you forsake you forsake are you hearing me so so she gives in to the deception and by that she disobeys god and through disobedience she subjects the entire human race to corruption and now that has been the very weapon of the devil from the beginning to corrupt the vision of the child of god from what he truly is and that's why i'm telling people that even now we have children of god who still fall because falling is not just you you know stealing lying sleeping around falling you fall when your true image the vision of your true image is corrupted that means you abase yourself from who you truly are are you hearing me you abase yourself from who you truly are you have fallen because god created you and with a position he gave you a position and because many children of god have embraced the deception of the devil which has corrupted their true image this scripture has not become a reality to them they see it they read it but they don't walk in the reality of the same and for a very long time defeat has become their way of life it is very hard to convince them of a certain kind of life you know if you've lived a certain kind of life for a very long time it becomes normal to you you get accustomed and used to it sometimes you would even think that's how everyone lives now praise the lord jesus you know it's like a chicken when you tie a chicken for a long time you know if you tie it for a long time give it about 1 2 3 hours when you set it loose its mind tells it you're still tied is it not true it can run and so some people have agreed have received you see the bible says do not be conformed to the standards of this world say but be transformed by the renewing of your mind do not be conformed do not allow yourself to pattern to be patterned according to the dictates of this world don't fashion your life don't it says don't fashion your life after the manner of this world this world has a certain manner of life it has a certain manner of speech it has a certain understanding it says don't do that because when you do that it means you have fallen you have left your position are you hearing me praise the lord you see as some people many christian quickly embrace they easily embrace what's not their position you allow men to define your position for you I remember many years ago when I was in school, primary school. I used to be a little stubborn boy. Very stubborn. Stubborn but you no know, God, I don't know. There's no God does his things. Stubborn but I used to pass somehow. So there's this guy who came in school. I remember what about sitting for my P7 exams. Like two weeks, the guy comes. He looks at everyone. You know, my mother tells me that I used to read as much as I didn't make sense of the scriptures but every night before i slept i used to read i love the psalms so much i used to read them i don't know why but i used to for some reason i just enjoy the psalms and so because the word of god is a seed all right it's a seed so when it enters it's like when you're casting seed you you have seed sometimes you can throw some seed and unconsciously unconsciously and some seed will grow even if you threw it unconsciously some some will grow you understand me so it was entering praise god unconsciously some things were taking shape and form i didn't know so i'm sitting i'm, I'm in class and this headmaster comes i remember his name but i won't mention the name he comes and he looks at the kids 
He says, this one, over, because we used to get, what were the aggregates for? Huh? This one, so he points at those bright kids. So this one is going to get uh, four, four, four. You know, he mentions a few names, he gets to me. So that one, <laughs> mm. Mm, like 20. <laughs> I said, no. No. He was trying to define a position for me. I said, no. Honestly, I said, no. Then we sit, we do our exams. They come back. So I was going to school because you know he's your teacher. So you feel like this guy, for some reason, he knows. <laughs> so I'm going to school. I'm thinking I'm going to pick 20 aggregates. Lo and behold, I won't tell you how many, but I was better than them all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone they pointed and said will do better than me. I was better than them all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I think I've been my father's child from the beginning. Hey, in the Lubega lineage, they don't fail. Praise God. So this thing was looking for me from before. <laughs> you see, so I just said that to just give perspective that don't let the world define for you your position. You know, you're at work, you know, and they give you targets. Me, listen, this has been my understanding. Get in the office and, and they give you targets, you know. It's what you have to bring in at the end of the month. I look at it. Apostle Grace said, with everything you are, the infinite you. <laughs> and somebody tells you, they limit you to a certain amount. In humility, you say, yes, but you know you're bigger than that. And in a couple of months, you blow up their mind. And they say, eh, eh, we had under. Are you hearing me? Praise God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You don't let the world define for you who you are. Don't. The doctor tells you, you know, hey, so we did a diagnosis and this is what is in your body. And they tell you, whatever kind of disease. And your mind runs very quickly to think of maybe what's the cost of the medication. How many times should you take it in a day? You embrace quickly. No fight, no spine at all. You embrace. Hallelujah. At least first refuse. Hallelujah. First refuse. You see, the Bible says in Romans 6.16, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. It says, once you obey, you have become the servant. If you obey that report, it says you have yielded yourself to it. You therefore automatically become the servant. That's why we tell you refuse. That's the purpose of saying refuse. Because we understand that in refusing, you do not subject yourself to that thing. Are you hearing me? So whatever you obey, the Bible says you become a servant to it. Ah, you see, you know, I remember many years ago, now my father's born again. Not really many years, just a, a few, like maybe six years back. Hallelujah. And I think I was, you know, I was believing God in a certain way. And I told him certain things I wanted to do at an early age. And he told me, he said, now, before he was born again, now he is born again. He told me nobody in the body at your age can do that. If you do it, you have taken a different route. And <laughs> years have unraveled down the road. And the very things we talked about and spoke of have come to pass in his eyes. And listen, they have come early. You see, I used to tell people, refuse to think like a Ugandan. Refuse to think like a Muganda. Refuse to think like a Munyankole. Refuse. 
think like a Christian. Praise God. Think like a Christian. Let me tell you, there's nothing in this world that is too good for you. Who said nothing? Nothing in this world that is too good for you. There's nothing. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So whatever you yield yourself to obey, you become servant to that. Learn to put up a fight. Refuse certain things. Even if you see it. You know, the doctor will tell you, but yeah, when was it? Sometime back, I went to a certain hospital. And uh, something was on my body. I wanted to deal with it. And I talked to the doctor. And the doctor looked at me and said, Hey, Manyao, he gave me a funny report. And I told him, the only reason I came here, you know, when you're a star, you're not allowed to die in the movie. I said, the only reason I came was to know the name so I can address it by name. And I told him, I said, and this is the truth. When I was entering that hospital, I said, I'll never come here again. This is the first and the last time. Are you hearing me? Don't, don't, don't give your head and go for slaughter. <laughs> and you allow. Tell your neighbor, refuse. In Jesus' name. So the Bible says, let's go back to where we are. The reason why that is not a reality for men is because they have embraced the deception of the devil concerning their image. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. It says, And let them have dominion. Hallelujah. It says, Let us make man in our image. Let him look like us. Let him mirror God. But if Adam was walking in the garden and you wanted to see God, if you saw Adam, you have met God. Are you hearing me? That is before he's fallen. And that is the image in which you are. Because I'm talking about a man that is not fallen yet. You see, when God was making man, he created man Perfect. I think it's in Ecclesiastes. The Bible says that man was made perfect. Alright? This on the iPhone that God has made man upright. He did not make man with any fault. So Adam, from the mind of God, he was a perfect man. That was the vision that God had for the man. That the man will be perfect. Do you understand me? Because there is no corruption in God. God can never make anything that is not perfect. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and it does not add sorrow. There's nothing in God that has sorrow to it. God can't make a man that when you look at him, you say, powerful, but mm, that is not God. Are you understanding me? God makes the man perfect. So Adam was made perfect. Alright? And so the Bible says he was made to mirror God, to have that image of God and the likeness of God. So, the likeness there means to look like, but also to function like God. So, God desired that the man should function like him, should function like him. And it's because of the responsibility he was going to give to the man. So, he wanted man to function like him, to have the very capacity that God has. So, God made you to function like him to have his ability and his capacity. Are you hearing me? Let me put it in this way that it could sound a little bit but allow me. What God can do he has given you the power and ability to do. He has given you the power and ability. And the Bible says, that's why after he had created the man on the seventh day, he created everything and on the seventh day, after he made man, the Bible says he rested. He entered rest because what he had made, the man he had created, had the power, the capacity, the ability to continue the course, 
of creation. That's why the Bible says, if you abide in Him and His word abides in you, you shall ask whatever you will and it shall be done. The word done there means it shall be launched into history. Even if that thing does not exist, but you shall appoint it in the world of men if you abide in God. That means you will appoint it in the world of men if you abide with God. That means he has given you the power to create. And that's why he went to rest when he made man. Now look at that man that you are and the things that have confronted you and you have obeyed them. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? And you have obeyed them because it is status quo for many. Let me tell you, as a child of God, you have to be different. And that's what makes us children of God because we are different. Yeah, we're not like any man. We're different. Praise God. We are different. So the Bible says he made man in his image and his likeness. And he said, let them have dominion. Which means the purpose of creating the man was so the man can have dominion. That was the original purpose and plan of God for the man. It has not changed. He created him to have dominion, to subdue, to rule over. Are you hearing me? And the Bible says to rule over the fish of the sea, over the fall of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and everything that creeps upon the earth. He made sure that the entire ecosystem Everything he had met, he gave man the power to subdue everything. Everything. You see, he uses fish as a metaphor, as a, a figure. It's not just the fish that you have dominion over in the sea, as much as that's the only thing most times you get out to eat. But everything in the sea, the sharks, the whales, and everything in there, he gave you dominion over the same. So the fish is just a legal representation of everything in the sea. It's like, let me give you an example. It's like if you come to a home and you enslave the father of the home, which is the head, it doesn't matter. If you have enslaved the father, you have everybody in that home belongs to you. That's why the Bible says when a thief comes yeah, to attack a house, the Bible says he seeks to bind the strong one first. So once you have the strong one first, everything belongs to you. So he gives you the power, the legal power over the legal representation of that world, the water. And that means everything in there, you have power over it. That's how I know. You can't die on sea. You can't die on ocean. You can't die in water. You can't be swimming and you drown. Uh -uh. You can't be on water and this, no, no. The water knows you. It understands your position in God. That is why Jesus, coming from prayer, the Bible says when he came and found that his disciples had left him, he did not, the Bible says he just began to walk on the water. Why? Because that realm, that space is given to him. Are you hearing me? And now everything in the water you have dominion over. I read a research that says there's over, there's over thousands of trillions of dollars in water. Thousands of trillions of dollars. Thousands of trillions of dollars. Thousands of trillions of dollars. It's on record. You can research it. In water. Alright? There's gold in there. The merchant ships that broke many hours ago and sank in the water. It is there. Are you hearing me? There's natural gas, there's oil, there's food in the water. And the Bible says he has given you dominion over that rain. That's 
why I know you can't be poor. You can't. You can't. Listen, you have a large source. You have where to dig from. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Even if you don't have a job, my brother, my sister, the Lord has given you dominion over realms that have treasure and wealth. That's why Jesus says to these disciples, go to the fish. First fish you catch, open its mouth. Get a coin. There's money in there to pay the taxes. He understood he had dominion over this world. Now he spoke to water. If you have power over the ecosystem, that means you can command anything in this world to give fruit to you and it will. The Bible says he turned to the fig tree with expectation that it should give him fruit. Do you understand me? That means everything in this world has been mandated to respond to you. Everything has been mandated to respond to you. Don't live like a survivor. You ain't one. You're bigger than you think. Let me tell you, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're way bigger than that small little guy you see yourself. No, there's a guy inside you. He's sitting and standing strong and tall. And he intimidates the devil. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. So the Bible says he gave him power over those things. He gave him power over the fowl of the air. Anything that lives in the air, whether it is be seen by the eyes of men or it's not seen by the eyes of men, you have power over it. They talk about airborne diseases. I think COVID was one of them, right? Airborne. Let me tell you, child of God, that thing is under you. Because he gave you power over those realms, over that ecosystem. You have dominion over that. The Bible says in Genesis 1.1 that God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. After creating the heaven and the earth, verse 26 is when now he makes the man. And in Psalms 115 somewhere, he says, the heavens and the heavens belong the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Meaning that the responsibility to tender for heaven, to look after heaven is for God. Alright? For the earth, anything that happens in the cosmos, he has given you the right and responsibility. Let me tell you, that means, you see, some of you have had apostles stand like, you know, in those prayers we have. And he says, I've had a vision. Al-Shabaab uh, is planning to do something, but we refuse it in Jesus' mighty name. That's a man that has authority and responsibility over this world. That's what God has given him. You understand that. You realize that the things that can't find expression in this world if you don't allow them to. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says he gives the earth to the sons of men. The responsibility of the earth to the sons of men. And that's why the Bible says the earnest expectation of all creation awaits for the true manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because the man has the responsibility over this thing. Do you ever understand when the Bible says you are the light of this world? Do you know what it means? That means... But any man that does not find expression in God, if he's not light, his true existence is because your light casts a shadow on him. This is what it means. Because you are a light, other things will leave because your light casts upon them and by that they carry shadow. I don't know if you understand me. Because without light you can't have shadows. So if any man does not have expression in this life and reality of Christ, because the Bible says they are dead. So even the small life they have, it is because of you. So you understand why that company is blessed to have you. Oh, glory to God. You understand why Uganda is so blessed to have a Marion, a Martha, a James and Peter like you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. When you understand that, and you're driving through roads and they're broken, 
You don't begin complaining about the government. Uh-uh. You say, Father, we thank you. We are going to fix this. This is my responsibility. <laughs> are you hearing me? That is your responsibility. That is who you are. Amen. And the Bible says the earth is out of course because the sons of men walk in darkness. They know not. They don't have this vision. All they live is for the next meal, for the next job. You know, they live small. The vision is small. It's little tiny like this. And yet God, the Bible says, he gave the world to Abraham. <laughs> Abraham was the CEO, the chief executive officer of the universe, the father of our faith. The Bible says he's the father of your faith. That means by that very faith you can occupy and possess like he did. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. He gave you power over disease. Dominion over disease. The Bible says he gave you power to trample over those things. Over death. You know the people who live in fear of death. And let me tell you something. That's why people die. Because the Bible speaks in the book of Hebrews. It says he delivered them who all through their life were subject and delivered them who through fear of death were all their life subject to bondage. You're going to travel. <laughs> then you sit in your car and you begin to create images of not arriving where you're going. Hey! You have obeyed this world. Hallelujah. Haven't you read the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Wait. He said, he abolished death and brought to light life and immortality through the gospel. That as we are preaching this gospel, you become immortal. <laughs> Didn't Paul say some of us who are alive and shall remain? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, this is what I, I think him and he said, you see, it's okay to die and resurrect. There's a place for you. But also, he said, what is it to you if I will that this man should live long? <laughs> he has given you power over death. Listen, you can only go when you choose. But sometimes I'm thinking, what over just joke to heaven? You see, when Jesus died, the Bible says he raised him after the three days. And I believe that God raising Jesus, because when he died, all right, the Bible says he went to hell, da, 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 did, you know, and overcame the devil on your behalf. Then after that, he came back. I believe Jesus was correcting a pattern for us on how to go to heaven. I believe because he ascended before the eyes. He was trying to teach them something that not all men should come through accident. He said he abolished death. He's talking about physical death. And he brought life and immortality through the thinking. The Bible says if this very spirit that raised him Christ from the dead, if he be in you, that that spirit will bring to life. He will quicken your mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let me tell you something. I was delivered of the fear of death. I, honestly speaking, I don't fear. You ask my wife, she'll tell you. I don't. I just don't know. I have this disposition in my mind that nothing can kill me. And you cannot die. If you are to die, you also won't die before your time. Because the Bible says, 
The Bible says you will not come to your grave until you're full of age, like a corn of wheat in its season. Hallelujah. So when they can take you, you know, maybe they put you on that bed and they're taking you, you, you're unconscious. I want you to know in there, that's the best it can get or the worst it can get. It can't go beyond that. Why? Because death was abolished for you. He gave you dominion over it. So when you're planning, plan for a very long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Continue buying land, build. <laughs> for as long as the Lord hasn't come back, I'm going to see every face of you here. Yeah! Yeah! Plan to live long, brother. Plan to live long in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 So, and God puts man in the garden after creating him. Bible says he tells the man to look after Bible says and the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it to dress it and to keep it to keep it means to protect it because now the man is the custodian of this realm protect it hallelujah you are responsible of what comes into this world. When people die, you are responsible. Do you understand me? Because he has given you too much. Praise God. When you bypass a lame man and there's no conviction in you to exercise godliness, there's the way heaven looks at you. Do you understand me? Praise the Lord. And so to keep means to possess so God made you the possessor of the earth. Everything on this earth belongs to you. And to dress it, and to dress it, it means to give it a certain kind of definition. So, the dominion he gave you came with power to define. And you see, God trusts your judgment. That's why you see when he was getting Eve out of Adam, he made him sleep. Alright? When he made him sleep, when Adam wakes up, because he was unconscious, he was not aware, but the likeness in him of God was so synchronized, configured to understand the mind of God. God trusted that this man can't go wrong on what you should call this. You see, because when he came out, you see, he said, I call a woman because she is taken out of me. She's born of my bone and flesh. You see, nobody told Adam. God didn't tell him I took Eve out of you. But he had a oneness of mind with God. And so God could trust him. So he gave you the same power and dominion because he trusts your judgment. Are you hearing me? And so he says, now I want you to have this kind of dominion. Dress the garden. Define this world for me. And the Bible says, and when he told him that, the Bible says, and God brought animals, all right? It says, and, and the Lord brought animals to Adam to see what he would call them. And the Bible says, whatever he called them, that was the name thereof. Whatever he called them, the Bible says, that is the name that God agreed to. Now, the name in there, the Bible means, means he gave them a certain reputation, a pattern of function. So he didn't call cattle, cattle, or cow, cow. No, he gave it an identity that allows it to function as it should. And that very power you have is the same ability that you used to define find your world because dominion is the spirit is the power that defines our world now with that very power you begin to define your world in jesus mighty name now your world i'm talking about your space your aeon you begin to define your aeon oh glory to god hallelujah praise god hallelujah because I'll tell you, from the beginning of time, men have been defining things for us in this world. 
No, that must change. You have the power. You are a child of God to define this world. I was telling people, who told you Uganda is a third world country? Who said? Uganda is not a third world country. It can never be. No! No! That is what the world has taught us. But we all understand that Africa is the richest continent on the earth. There's so much in this soil. If you only look with the eyes of the spirit and not what men have defined it to be for us, you'll understand, brother, we are big up boys. Build that Western world. Are you hearing me? We are bigger than you expect, than you think. We are way bigger. Now you need to get into the business of defining your world. You have to be serious about your life and begin to define your world. Do not allow men to define this world for you. I was telling people, listen, disease can only kill because you have defined it as killer. You have the power to define. You can, wait. COVID could only kill men because they defined it as a killer. Are you hearing me? Cancer can only kill you because you have defined, because you understand that when you define, you give it function and ability. So what you define it to be, that it becomes. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. When you understand that, you begin to define your world of health in Jesus' mighty name. Divine health, 365 days of the year and forever in Jesus' mighty name. That is who you are. You define your world that way. You define your marriage. People say, no, things can be hard and can be good. Yeah, to them. Jesus said, you are from beneath, speaking to the man that is only a believer. You are from beneath. That means your success is temporal. You can have it, but it is temporal. That's what the beneath means. But he says, I am from above. I'm from another realm. And that realm transcends the life, the system, the understanding, the wisdom of this world as you know it to be. And that is where you live life from. You define your world. Hallelujah. As I conclude, let me tell you. I was telling people, money has been defined over time by men. Over time by men. What we know money to be now is not what it was many years ago. Not so. Praise God. Because then, money was a commodity. I have a watch and I need your shoe. I give you my watch. You give me your shoes. Butter trade. Now it can't work. If I give you my watch for your car, you're going to say, hey. Because now it can't work. Are you understanding me? It evolved into another thing. Paper money came in, into space. What we know as legal tender. Hallelujah. You know, the notes, you take it to the bank or you take it to a shop, you exchange it for goods and services. It has changed. It has evolved because this is man defining it. Every dispensation, man defined it. Now we have it in so many different currencies. It's in plastic, plastic money, your credit card, right? That's money. It's not paper, it's not legal tender. You can't touch it if you left your card there. Someone may not transact with it, but therein men have defined money. But if I walk into a shop with my card, I don't have paper, but I can buy things using my card. You understand me? Men have defined it that way. You get to your phone, you open your bank account or your mobile money, the digits there. Seven, seven, you know what, seven million, seventy million, whatever, you understand me? But all that, it has evolved over time. It has changed with time. There's a season when men could not buy that way because that technology was not there anymore. Now, that means money can, money can be figures on your phone. Money can be paper in your pockets. Money can be a plastic card. Are you hearing me? Whatever men have defined it, currencies now are also evolving. We are entering into cryptocurrencies and all things like that. Men have defined it. Listen. You don't walk, never walk to your bank account. And because you don't see those figures as men have defined them to be. And say you're broke. And say you're poor. No. That is what they have defined it to be. You can create your definition of what should be wealth. That's why you see some cultures, cattle is wealth. You see, so you can define for yourself. Do not allow the definition of man to abase you and get you out of the position that God has put you. Child of God, you have more than enough. Every one of you, God has allotted a portion in this life. Hallelujah. 
So you can now begin to define your money. I told people many years ago, I had a man preach and I was stuck up in faith and I caught a hundred dollar bill. I went back home and got papers, very plain papers and put them together and got a pen and began to write, design a hundred dollar bills on those papers. They were plain papers. I put them in my wallet. And I said, Father, I thank you for money. In the name of Jesus, I am rich. I am loaded. Oh, I am a possessor. I defined it. And many years later, my faith has not failed me. I'm telling you, you define this thing for yourself. He gave you the power that is dominion to define the kind of life you want. He gave you the power to define the family you want. He gave you the power to define the kind of health you want. He gave you the power to define an inheritance you want. He gave you the power to define the quality of life you want. Now I want you to lift up your voice and thank that God that gave you power. Lift up your voice and worship and thank that mighty God. Lift up your voice, lift up your voice. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the power, for the dominion that defines our world. Thank you for the grace that defines our world. Thank you for the power that defines our inheritance, for the power that defines our faith. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, shut up, sote ke parakata. Raba shete ke pakaraba sota kapala raba zida li paraba sete ke reka shata kapa lakosita prakashata lama koleba zupreteke manta karado sikeleba santeke as you pray right now you're defining many things in your life in the name of Jesus yes I tell you you came in as a different man but you walk out as another kind of man tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will not assume the position the world gives you anymore. You arise to your true place. And your true vision. And your true position. By the grace and vision that God has concerning your life. In the name of Jesus. You will not be a best anymore. You will be above and not beneath. In the name of Jesus. Salabakata. And with long life, you will satisfy you in the name of Jesus. You are not defeated anymore. That is a testimony of the past. Behold, He does a new thing in your life. And Hebrews 2 8 shall become a testimony of reality in your life. This thing shall not be far from you anymore. Behold, they come near you. Your eyes will see them. Your hands will touch them in the name of Jesus. Oh, Shatakaba. Worthy is the lion. Worthy is the son of God. Worthy, worthy. Worthy is the lion. Sing worthy, worthy. Oh, worthy. He who died, he who died and rose again. Open up the book and broke. Of the seal, worthy. I pray for you in Jesus' name. If you be sick in your body, I decree the healing power of God comes to where you are right now. 
and I rebuke any form of sickness, disease, whatever manner is from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You are healed and made whole in Jesus' mighty name. And I speak a blessing of Jehovah God Almighty upon your life. You shall be above and never beneath. The testimony of all things under your subjection shall be your reality. And these things now the Lord and the Spirit of the Almighty bring near to you in your world. In Jesus' mighty name, I decree that this coming week is going to become the best you've ever heard. The best you've ever heard. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Give God a mighty hand clap of praise. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I would like to give you an opportunity if you're here and you have not received Jesus before as your Lord and Savior. You want Him to be the Lord of your life. You see, there's no better thing. That's the greatest miracle that can ever happen to any man. Every other miracle Jesus did before he went to the cross, the miracle of your salvation took him to the grave. There's nothing that can be bigger than that. Amen. So just repeat these words after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today, for choosing me among the many and causing me to come to you. Say, I did not believe in you of my own power, but you have drawn me to yourself and I believe it's for a purpose. And for that reason, I believe you with my heart and now I confess you with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen.